0: How have the Boston Celtics changed draft evaluation and the idea who is a valuable draft prospect? Find out next. You are a Locked On NBA Big Board, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All righty, welcome all. You're listening to Locked On NBA Big Board. My name is Leif Tuleen. And Rafael Barlow, Locked On NBA Big Boards, uh, big head honcho, calls me the grinder because I watch more college basketball than just about anyone. But this one you may have noticed from the title talks quite a bit about the Boston Celtics. But I'll tell you why it's important. First off, thanks for everyone for making Locked On NBA Draft, uh, Locked On NBA Big Board, excuse me, your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On NBA Big Board is free and available on all platforms, including at YouTube, on Locked On, NBA, Big Board, where the best way to help us grow is to comment anything. Today's question, which prospect benefits the most from the Celtics? um, I wouldn't say revolutionizing, but certainly popularizing draft evaluation and through prioritizing versatility and size. So I'll rephrase that. Um, Which prospect benefits the most from the Celtics? repopularizing draft evaluation through prioritizing versatility and size. Today's title sponsor is bet online. So go check out the betting odds and everything that they have to offer at bet online. It's an awesome place. I've used it before and, and want to use it again soon with college basketball heating up. And you know, me watching more college basketball than just about anyone I'll be on there checking out their, their lines soon enough. And it's especially Busy December docket of sports with the World Cup going on right now and college basketball just heating up as we enter conference play. All right, for this episode, in the first segment, I'll discuss how I believe the Boston Celtics have changed draft evaluation and explain why they've been able to do so and why it is changing for the future, not just for one team. Because there's a lot of good teams, but the Celtics recipe seems to be one that sticks and I think is going to become extremely popular, and I'll explain why that is. In the second segment, I'll tell you which prospects will be benefited and some I think could be hurt by the Scouts attempting to emulate the Celtics formula that I believe will have repercussions around the year and onward. And lastly, I'll pinpoint a few SEC standouts or an acolytes within the conference and factor into the discussion of players that I've been watching film on. So I've done a little bit of an SEC deep dive and wanted to talk about that, even though that wasn't perfectly in it. And I'll tell you about some of these SEC players that I think really will be behooved by the Celtics um, repopularizing size and versatil- versatility over some of the more recent trends. And as years change, trends change. It used to be back in the 90s, it was a big deal to be the get the best post up big. No longer is that the case. And the Celtics are really changing it. So let's dive right in. The Boston Celtics have been one of the most popular and successful NBA franchises for some time. This is no news to anyone who follows the NBA. Um, This has been true the last decade. They haven't won a title since 08, but despite not winning a title this past 10 years, I don't think you'd be able to name too many more successful franchises. Obviously, the Warriors and the Heat come to mind. The Cavaliers, you can make an argument because they had LeBron James. LeBron Jameses don't grow on trees. So, the Celtics, how have they been able to construct the consistency and ability to get those players? Yes, they're in a bit of a bigger market. That's an advantage, but that's not how they've done it necessarily. They've been able to do so through the draft, and that's what we're a show. Our show is about that's about the draft. So, the Celtics featured big, switchable defenders who can score on the other end, but their positional size and strength combined with quick feet was the defining feature of that team. And, of course, there's connectivity, there's chemistry, and they had to build it. Last year's team, if many of you guys remember, it was below 500. about almost 50% of the way through the season ended up making the NBA Finals, and many thought were the better team in the Finals. It was just Steph Curry was an alien and was the best player on the, be- on the team that was able to win it. So let's start with who their team is comprised of. Marcus Smart, one Defensive Player of the Year this past year. He was a, he was known for that at Oklahoma State when he entered the draft. He was a, he's a tenacious pest on the ball, but he wasn't just a tenacious pest guarding the point guard when he brings it up, like many other good point guard defenders. He was able to be a tenacious pest defending the ball against multiple positions. He switches. He's strong. He's big, and he's and he's able to pester both post players and guards. So that is something that is unique to this team size scrappiness, physicality, and the ability to switch. At the two-guard, they featured Jalen Brown, who was a third pick many years ago, and he was lauded for his intelligence and physical traits and two-way ability. Well those have all grown. He's gotten better as a player both offensively and defensively. And all those traits remain the same. And as he's matured, so has their other co-star and maybe their their true star on their team. This is their small forward and best player, Jason Tatum, who is a top 10 player in the league and offense on offense, he's top 10, and on defense, he's very good as well. What separates him? It's his finesse level on offense with the size. His One of his greatest attributes that I think gets overlooked is his positional size. He's able to shoot over defenders and be too fast for bigger defenders. Defensively, he's able to switch and be, be a near all-NBA level defender on multiple positions. And you can make an argument for most teams that Jason Tatum would be their best defender. I don't think he's even top three on this team. And defensive win shares had Jason Tatum as one of the most valuable defenders in the entire NBA last season. At the four, Grant Williams has allowed for, he's carved out roles for college tweeners, much like he was. He was a two-time SEC player of the year at Tennessee, was drafted higher than many thought he should have been, but he's carved out roles for college tweeners, and now he is an archetype. It's, It's like the Grant Williams connective tissue archetype. He, he permitted for David Roddy to be selected at 23, who's now a contributing factor on what is, as we record, the number one seed in the Western Conference, the Memphis Grizzlies. Grant Williams is physical. He's strong. He's got shoulders like boulders, but he's got swift, uh, graceful feet that can allow him to defend on the perimeter and makes it so hard to get through all these impressive defenders, and yet we haven't gotten to their two bigs. I know that's six players, but I want to talk about both of them. Al Horford was a third pick from Florida in 2007. He was behind Greg Oden and Kevin Durant and Al Horford has a borderline Hall of Fame case. Al Horford is a good shooter. He's a little past his prime in terms of athleticism, but he can he can space the floor, he can defend, and honestly, I thought he was their most impressive defender against Giannis Antetokounmpo. And Giannis Antetokounmpo is the modern NBA size, power, aggression. And he was able to neutralize it well enough for the Celtics to get through that series without their arguably their most game changing defender, Robert Williams, who couples elite shot a racing capacity with grace on the perimeter. So I've ran down the Celtics. You guys know and love them. The Celtics are probably the best team in basketball right now. But why have they revolutionized draft uh, the draft and how to build a franchise? Well, that's a great question. And I'm glad you asked it. The Celtics have made two-way wings the precedent for success in the NBA, and all teams look for the glue guy extraordinaires now after seeing Grant Williams and some of these other players. like Even Al Horford at this rate in his NBA is, is a glue guy. He's not a top-featured player, but he's someone who can defend multiple positions, hit open shots, and has positional size. He, he was a former All-Star, and he's accepted a role. The Celtics have made that a really common theme, and the reason it's important for the NBA draft is not every player you draft is going to be the transcendent piece of a franchise, the guy that you can build around. But many, many players can and will be important pieces to a franchise. And, and I think people are starting to embrace that. Even if you're drafting the top 10, there's going to be a player who's drafted in the top 10 that develop later on and develop into impressive defenders. And that's something that needs to be coveted around the NBA. I talked about Grant Williams opening up an archetype and that's what he's doing for guys like David Roddy and many others. The Celtics have even made themselves better this year, probably by signing Malcolm Brogdon, another big two-way guard, who, who's among the best three-point shooters in the NBA. And he's also was a multiple-time defensive player of the year in the ACC when he came out of Virginia. So the archetype is solid, size, sizable defenders at their position, switchability, the capacity to hit open shots and create for themselves. They've been able to do this. And they've got six or seven players that all fit that mold and have become the best team in the NBA. So more teams are going to draft that way. And what does that mean for players that are in coming drafts? This year is coveted as a really impressive draft and it is, but which players will be benefited and which players will not be coming up next. I'll tell you which players will benefit from the Celtics driven revolution in the coveted 2023 draft and which players may be hurt by it. But first a word from, NHTSA, you're hanging out with some friends and you're putting back a few drinks. A few becomes too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home. Okay, it's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even if so, what's the worst that can happen? Your insurance goes up. You're, you lose your license. You, you lose your job. You're total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risk of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. It can happen so easily with your friends or your coworkers and you're putting back those drinks. Excuse me it was about to read that a second time and a second word here is, is is download prize picks prize picks sign up and play today first time users first time users can receive a 100 in, uh, instant deposit match up to 100 with promo code locked on if you deposit 100 prize picks will give you your 100 back if you deposit 50 prize picks will give you 50 more back and don't forget to enter promo code locked on it. Sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is definitely fun. If you're at all, at all like me and you love sports and you think you can pick players to exceed their projections, check out Prize Picks, Player Projections, and place your entries today. It's all easy and fun and covers any and all sports you're interested in. And you can win up to 25 times your money on a single entry. Deposit today, and and you can get your match up to a hundred percent. So a hundred dollars equals a 50 equals fifty. Like I was telling you with the promo code locked in. So don't forget to enter promo code locked on, and sign up for an instant deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Welcome back into Locked On NBA Big Board. I'm Leaf Tuline. Rafael Bar- Barlow calls me the Grinder, and. I've been grinding through some tape, and I'm going to tell you about some of those SEC prospects that uh, I think will will be behooved by the Celtics revolution of size, physicality, versatility, and defensive prowess. But I'll I'll go through a lot of players who will reap the rewards of modern trends, and then some who will fall due to those same trends. Here's some first-round projected guys that fit into those categories. So I'll start with guys I think will be behooved by the modern trends of the NBA game. I think Cam Whitmore, Nick Smith, t- the Thompson Tins, that's Amen on Osar Thompson, Cason Wallace, Jarae Walker, Brandon Miller, and Dylan Mitchell are all guys that will certainly be behooved. And I think there's a couple more, and I'll, I'll go through some of, some of how they will be behooved in a minute. And guys I think could be a Hurt, Keontae George, Terquavion Smith, Jaime Hawkes, and a lot of those centers that you hear headlining the, the college basketball game, have, have, will be hurt by this new model like that. That includes Hunter Dickinson, Drew Timmy, Oscar Shibway, um, Trace Jackson Davis, Armando Baycott. And now some of those guys may be second rounders because so they're a bit older and, and they, they kind of fit a antiquated archetype. But I wanted to include them because those who are college basketball fans like myself know how valuable of a player they are. And if the team's formulated in a way that's similar, they may be effective. But you see how rare that is in the NBA. And I think that's largely due to the model that was created uh, and the Celtics have popularized. So we'll talk about some guys that have gotten strength. What are the common denominators between these players? Cam Whitmore, the Thompson twins, Caseen Wallace, Drace Walker, Brandon Miller, Dylan Mitchell, Nick Smith and uh, Anthony Black from Arkansas. All these guys have above average positional size. All these guys are above average athletes and they have the capacity to create for themselves. Um, for instance, Amen in Thompson, I almost exclude off this list because I think he is the clear front runner for the third pick in the NBA draft. And if you haven't checked out the episode the other day, Richard and I compiled talking about the uh, the third pick and and how we would kind of outline it and, and the race for it behind Victor Wembanyama and Scoot Henderson. I recommend checking that out. It was a fun episode and I think an imp- informative one as well. But Amin Thompson has the athleticism of a guy like Ja Morant and the the length and size. Of, of a guy like Jalen Brown, and he's probably more athletic than um, than Jalen Brown, who is lauded as a great athlete coming out. He's 6'7", he's lightning quick, um, so of course he's going to be uh, good in any era, but especially this one that prioritizes what he's great at. The one thing he needs to work on is his jump shot, and he, but he's able to create for himself and others by being a superior athlete, along with his twin brother, Osar Thompson, Osar playing off the ball needs to work on his jump shot. But these traits are so valuable, even if he's not the guy, the guy who's the ball is put into his hands, even if he's not the transcendent franchise piece, um, he will be a valuable commodity that I think is worthwhile of a top five pick, um, especially and it's certainly a top 10 um, due to the way the game's changing. He can be a lockdown defender, someone who can create as a primary or a secondary facilitator, someone that can rebound the ball. And be your lockdown, shutdown defender. Cam Whitmore is the guy I headlined this with. Cam Whitmore, I just finished watching some film of him at Villanova, and he's he's been uh he came back on what was a pretty poor Villanova team. It's hard to say that. Villanova's been so good for so much of what I've watched of college basketball in my lifetime. And they they lack the spacing they typically do. They lack the um the intangibles that, that were synonymous with Jay Wright coach teams. Jay Wright's no longer there. Cam Whitmore has been an insurgent piece into this lineup. And since Villanova has been unthwarted, Uh, Cam Whitmore, big, strong, burly explosive athlete who's been able to hold his own defensively right away in college basketball. And perhaps more importantly to his stock, he's been able to score even without a great idealistic spacing that Villanova has been synonymous with. He has the capacity to score off the bounce. He has the capacity to score off the dribble, create for him, uh, sorry, off the bounce and the dribble are the same, create off the bounce and create on catch and shoots. He is defensively switchable between multiple positions. Uh, he, he's a perfect example of what modern NBA teams look for. Think of a guy like Miles Bridges with more upside. If he's in an up and down, that's what you can expect. If he plays in a slow pace, expecting to play more like Villanova, Cam Whitmore, who's only going to get better. A guy like Cason Wallace, whose main comparison that I've heard is either Drew Holiday or Marcus Smart. Well, the first person I talked about for the Boston Celtics that sets the identity for that team was Marcus Smart. Someone who's a pest defensively, but he's got the size to be more than just a pest on ball and and like of the ilk of Jose Alvarado or Patrick Beverly, but someone who can truly impact the game, defending multiple positions, guard the preeminent players in the NBA like no one can guard Luka Doncic or Kevin Durant but you can you can do your best to contain them. Well, he's got the capacity to defend players bigger than himself. He's about 6-4 and he's built like a built built phenomenally very strong, broad-shouldered guard and he's got an improving shooter who's been able to assert himself in a role at Kentucky where he's a scorer but one of many scorers so he's not tasked with too much culpability on the offensive end. And that is a role he'll play and transition seeming, seamlessly to the NBA. So he, he is an ideal, uh, ideal transition piece for this point. That the Celtics, if they were to draft a guy like uh, Cason Wallace, and and they said, well, okay, maybe he won't be exactly Marcus Smart right away, but he would fit the mold perfectly. And that, I'm sure that front office, were they presented the opportunity, would love to get Cason Wallace. Jarese Walker, big, broad-shouldered, strong, explosive athlete for the Houston Cougars has helped propel them into a top five in the nation ranking. He's made them more dynamic in the front court along with their impressive guards. Houston under Kelvin Sampson is extremely, extremely defensive oriented possess the top uh, defensive efficiency right now in the college basketball world. They're set with a huge matchup against Virginia coming up and you see defenses collide, but what, where he stands out, is he can both play the Grant Williams role of a super supersized big four, but he's also taller. He's 6'9". He's got passing ability and improved ability to score the ball. He can both be a guy who is your glue guy, your energy bunny, um, as well as someone that has the capacity to influence the game um, with, with the ball in his hands as he should develop. But think of a guy, a team that matches his identity as like the heat, the heat culture, a guy who – who developed into a better player down the road, such as Bam Adebayo did, but defensively, defensively oriented, extremely good rebounder, great energy, and the capacity to improve on the ball, uh, passing, passing and shooting the ball. So he's someone I think will certainly take a boost for what the modern NBA has to offer in terms of skill sets that are coveted. Dylan Mitchell may be the best athlete in this draft playing at Texas alongside so many other players. Well, sometimes you'll look at his stats and, and the counting stats, and you'll say, wow, Dylan Mitchell? Like, why, why would I take him? Dylan Mitchell's averaging not very many points this year, though if you look at his per 36, it's not terrible. It's not something you want in a, t- a potential top 10 prospect. 14 and a half points, 9.6 rebounds, 0.7 assists, 0.2 blocks, 1.9 steals um, across his per 36 minutes. Okay, those don't jump out of the gym. What does jump out of the gym is Dylan Mitchell, though. He is perhaps the best athlete in the draft, as I mentioned. But what I like about players like that is, is he's used to playing a role on a very good team, a team that in Texas that up until this week, I would have told you pretty confidently, was the best team in the country. And he's going to be used to playing a role. He's going to develop. He's a true six eight six nine big, long arms, and has the capacity to grow into a player that is more comfortable with the ball in his hands because he's always played with talented players attending a, a top, prep school ahead of going to texas and playing on a top contender all right so that's a, that's some of the guys and i'll get to a few more in the next segment from the sec that i didn't cover but here are a few that i think could be hurt by the modern nba Keontae george Terquavion smith are, are, are a similar archetype you could even toss in a guy like marcus sasser they are both score first guards that are not elite athletes, but they have good touch shooting ability that, that you say, wow, they can do things. They, they are of the ilk of a guy like Jamal um, Jamal Crawford. He, I honestly would say Keontae George reminds me a bit of Jamal Murray, but there's so few Jamal Murrays. And even so, Jamal Murray is best off with the ball in his hands, but he's got the best passing big in the NBA, the two-time reigning MVP on his team, making his job easier and had the coverage is is less so geared toward him. There are so few guys that can be as slender as Turquavion Smith and score the ball um and and have the role that that would best suit his game, which is to be the guy on the ball and scored. You can make an argument, oh Jordan is really starting to emerge into that type of player for the Warriors. Well that said they've got a lot of pieces around him and even so there's so few Jordan Pools or so few Bones Highlands in the NBA. It's hard to be a diminutive guard who is not exceptional defensively and is not exceptional passing the ball, but they have this scoring traits and progressing passing ability. Um, it, it's just, it's a role that becomes more difficult. So Keontae George, I watched this summer summer score in the U23s with a depleted Baylor squad, 32 and 37 points back to back against good countries, um, Canada and Italy. And, and I was, I was so enthused by the ability for him to score effortlessly with inferior teammates, that I was like, man, this will translate. But the more I think about it, it's so hard for him to be the number one option. That And I don't see him being able to take a backseat, a robin role with those traits and his size, that I find it harder to put him above a guy like Cason Wallace, who is, who has a lot of good teammates around him, much like Keontae George does now at Baylor. And Cason Wallace just has a more projectable plug-and-play, more valuable role that influences winning at a higher le- level than someone like... Keontae George does at this point. I could be wrong down the road, but at that point, I think the Boston Celtics have revolutionized drafting and drafting to your team. This has, this is fit dependent, but the best player available is, is the best player available um, on most teams. The player that would be best for their team would be a guy like case and Wallace and uh, Terquavion Smith would be a little further down the road, but I think the same thing could be said when you compare him and a few other bigger more defensively oriented guys. Cause you rarely get your guy, the guy that will change your franchise with a, with a pick outside the lottery. And I think case and wall, uh, excuse me, Terquavion Smith is just a tad outside the lottery and is kind of entering the, uh, the NBA at the wrong time for him. well, You've heard which prospects may be helped by this trend in the NBA. And, and I've been doing a deep dive of the SEC prospects, as I alluded to earlier. And I wanted to share where I am with some film study, where I've kind of got them on a rough big board. I'm compiling, give you a sneak peek on that and how the Celtics revolution specifically applies to these players. But first, let me tell you about Bet Online. Bet online is your number one source for all things betting. Get all the latest odds and trends for every professional, amateur league out there—from pro football, the college bowl season, basketball, the World Cup—it's all happening right now. I've used Bet Online before. I, I, I often will check Bet Online for college basketball odds. L- help me think about who's going to win the game when I watch it, how to watch it, and and they make it all easy. You, if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at Bet Online as well. They've got it all the fastest and the easiest way to get your betting info head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more bet online where the game starts all right for the final segment you you know the drill it's it's me talking about some of the guys that I find to be the most appealing prospects in the SEC which I think you can make the argument for the big 12 but the SEC certainly got a claim for being the best basketball conference in America they certainly have the most Talent rich environment in terms of draft prospects. So, let me talk to you about the ones here. So, I'll use Tankathon, their general consensus, and I'll tell you where I have them on my board and I'll go in that order. So, Nick Smith is projected the fourth uh, player on Tankathon's big board. Nick Smith, I'm a little lower on than Tankathon, but he has been impressive in the few games he, he's played. Similar to Cam Whitmore, he was limited due to an injury. Entering the season, he's come back and in his per 36 minute, uh, her 36 stats are impressive. 21.7 points, 2.9 rebounds, 3.3 assists, 0.4 blocks, 0.7 steals. Well, the 21.7 points is impressive. That's what you want in your in your lead guard right there. Unlike Keontae George and unlike Turquoise Smith, he's a little bit bigger. He's got a 6'9 wingspan that helps him play bigger than size. He's able to score in traffic. He needs to become a little bit better of a finisher right by the rim than he is. He's got an impressive floater, and anyone who knows me knows I love the floater, even though analytically that is not typically a great shot. He doesn't quite have the Jaden ivy like burst that, that you would associate with a lead guard going around this fourth pick or four through seven. So I'm a, I'm a little bit lower on Nick Smith right now, but there's time for him to improve his stock once they head to SEC play because I've seen him play Oklahoma and UNC Greensboro, a couple teams that aren't exactly – talent rich right now in terms of the guard slots grant Sherfield's a very good guard for oklahoma he's older he's a college guard though and, and he's not a good defender and nick smith was able to do a lot of what he did off of the ball next up for me is is nick uh nick smith's compatriot anthony black anthony black i was low on entering the season i think i was wrong on him where i was so concerned with his jump shots fluidity that i i found him Difficult to read and, and thought his athleticism was more of kind of an open court show off dunk. And we, Sam Ferris and I have spoken about this before, about functional athleticism, how it applies to actual basketball. And then I watched him play in Maui, and I said, okay, he's getting better. Then I watched him play more recently. And even against Oklahoma, where Nick Smith put up big numbers, Anthony Black caught my eye more so because of the ability to be... Six foot seven, six foot eight. Well, what what have I been talking about the Boston Celtics this whole time? The Boston Celtics love these long athletic guys who can defend. And even if their shot's not falling, they can make things happen. Anthony Black has gotten to the paint. He's generated what I call paint touches and then created great looks for his teammates, Ricky Council and Nick Smith prime amongst them. He's been able to score the ball. He's shot the ball well, which was the big knock on him. He's shooting 40% from three. He's um, in the pick and roll play. I think there's stuff he needs to improve on. And according to synergy, he's in the, the poor department there, but he's been excellent in transition. And he's also been very, very good in the half court getting to the paint and finishing around the rim. Nick Smith, uh, Nick Smith is not a small guard, but Anthony black is a big guard and he's, he's got, he's almost like a six, eight point forward who generates paint touches at will. And puts pressure on a defense and defensively puts pressure on your offense. So he's he's definitely in the stock up category. I ha, I'm checking out my preseason notes right now, and I had him a, a, and I listed at 12 to 22, and he's safely within there. I think I've, I'd have him about seven right now. I haven't quite finished out my big board. I'll keep you guys posted when I do. But Anthony Black is, isn't is a Skywalker, but he's a very good functional athlete. And that's what a lot of the Celtics have prioritized. And I, I've, I've really started to believe that the roles for bigger guards and, and guys who can establish bigger roles on bad teams or take smaller roles on good teams and thrive just the same, really rise up my draft board. And the Celtics I think have made this a popular thought amongst the drafting community. All right. One guy who I was very high on coming in and he fits the parameters of what the Celtics like is Brandon Miller. Brandon Miller is a big shot, happy guy. Small four, six, nine, two hundred 6'9", 200 pounds. He's a bit older. Everyone seems to talk about that. I don't I don't mind that he's 20 years old. Uh, he's he's scoring the most of any freshman in America right now, and he's rebounding the ball well. He's a solid defender. He's not going to blow anyone away as an all-NBA type of defender. I don't think he's an all-conference defender at the SEC level, but he is solid. He's got good basketball instincts. needs to work a little bit going towards the rim on how, how to finish, coordinate his body going towards the rim because he's relying on jump shots. But he's a tough shot maker, able to create for himself, able to fit within a scheme for a team that in the Crimson Tide that is ranked number four right now, and he's moving up, moving up for many people. For me, I was so high on him coming to the season. There's a few things I'd like to see him work on it on the offensive end and defensively become a little less rigid in his hips and make himself a little more switchable. So for me, he's moving down to about that same range as Anthony Black, who's really taking a tremendous leap. I'll talk about two more players: Casein Wallace is a guy that I was just talking about. He reminds me of Marcus Smart and Drew Holiday, and those are his two most compared-to players. And, of course, if you're talking about the guy who's the soul of this grindy Celtics team, of uh, Case and Wallace certainly fits those parameters that he's uh, aided and abetted by this new revolution that prioritizes length, defensive disruption, switchability, hitting open shots, not needing the ball to be an effective offensive player. He is the guy that, that when I thought of this topic, I thought, oh, Cason Wallace is a topic to discuss here. So he is has a steady stock in my big board. I've got him anywhere from 8 to 12 right now. I'd probably say I'd put him 9 or 10 right now. And the last player I want to talk about is someone who I was high on coming in. I remain higher, and I think I'm even moving himself higher, but I haven't talked about him just yet. That's Gigi Jackson, the youngest player in this draft, the second highest scoring freshman in the country. Playing at South Carolina, who's a pitiful team, they, they may not win a game in the entire SEC season. But GG Jackson is worth the, the pain, the, the the price of admission, which is the pain of watching South Carolina right now, because he can really score the ball. He's big, he's coordinated, he's got capacity to play like a guard at six foot nine, 215 pounds, with a filled out body for a 17 year old that's only going to get bigger and stronger. He's uh, his per 36 stats are 18 and a half points, 7.2 rebounds. And he's, he's active as a defender, and he's carrying such an immense load. The fact that he's, a, he's somewhat efficient, even if it's not amazingly, you can see that he would easily acclimate to a lesser load and be just as efficient, if not more. And he's able to carry this load on such a poor team. It makes me think that he is a prime candidate to rise up on the scale that prioritizes athleticism, switchability, size for your position, and Uh, the ability to be an impactful offensive and defensive player with or without the ball or with or without the top assignment and be a continuous connecting tissue while being a talented player in your own right well that'll do it for me i hope you guys enjoyed thanks for making locked on nba big board your first listen every day and for your second check out locked on sports today It's, it's it's an awesome show itself and have a great weekend enjoy the college hoops enjoy the world cup Enjoy the NBA hoops. Maybe check out the Celtics, see what I'm talking about, because they're a prime example of the way the NBA is being played today and what is being prioritized. And let me know your thoughts. Comment in the section. I'll reply to your comments. And please have a safe weekend as we head to the holiday season. That'll do it for me. It's leaf to lean with NBA Big Board. And let's see how this turns out and how this next generation of basketball is influenced by the Boston Celtics switchability and the premise of how basketball is changing. Have a good one.